Welcome to the One Body, One Life podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Dr. Jason Wan, lifestyle physical therapist and pain relief coach. And we help business owners, healthcare workers, and professionals eliminate chronic pain and fully recover from injuries without injections, surgery, or manual therapy. And our goal for my company is to simply teach our clients how to get rid of pain by themselves, be fully independent and autonomous with keeping their body strong and mobile as they age. So today I wanted to share five mistakes that people over 30 are making with their long-term health. Now you're probably thinking, Jay, you're only 34 years of age. So I am in no way speaking in the exact shoes of my 40, 50, and even 60 year old followers and clients. But what I am sharing and what I've been doing the past four years is to take care of my body from many different angles to prevent physiological aging, prevent athletic decline, and what research shows to preserve your wellness and functional health. So let's go ahead and dive into that. But before we do, just want to share a bit about my program called the Pain-Free Academy. And we're looking for, again, parents, healthcare workers, and working professionals, business owners who are eager to eliminate chronic pain from their life and how to feel stronger, more flexible, and resilient as time goes on. So if you're interested in committing to your health this year and changing your lifestyle for the long run, use the link in the description to book a call with me or my team, and we'll be happy to explain the process of how we work with our clients. All right, so let's go ahead and dive into those five mistakes and how to rectify those. So the first one I want to start off with is just making poor nutrition decisions. So back in the day when I was 18 to even 21 years of age, I remember just being able to go to the gym when I want to. My metabolism was at an all-time high, so I can just eat a huge meal 20 minutes later, just go on a run. And so when you're younger, though, it's not just about the fact that you're younger. So when we're younger, our resting metabolic rate, basically our baseline metabolism, is pretty high. But it's even higher when you have, for example, no stress in your life, no kids, no full-time job. So you take some of those into account. The fact is like, majority of the jobs in the world are sedentary. So when we're in college or even at a younger age, it's like we have we have a coach. We have constant practices for varsity teams. In college, all we do is really just run around with our friends, lift weights. I was pretty much playing basketball four to five days a week for over three to four hours up until one in the morning, almost every single weekday. So as you can see, like times have very, have very much changed. So we're taking into account age, but also the activity level. And so during those times, we can pretty much use anything for fuel. We can use ice cream, we can use Cheetos, we can use popcorn. So we can use just a number of different fuel sources in order to get by. But as you can see, as time goes on, and when you're over the age of 30, you really need to start making smarter nutrition decisions. So for one, the quality of the food that you get in is critical. If you think about getting in a weightlifting session, it is much more conducive to get in, let's say a bowl of yogurt or get in like a lot of whole fruits that are going to be used as fuel source rather than, for example, like eating, eating, let's say a muffin or eating like something that's that's quicker digesting carbohydrates that aren't as wholesome for the body. So there is some, there is some, some times where you might need to get in that quicker form of carbohydrates for your workouts. And that's like, for example, saying if your metabolism is not that fast and you need to get in some sort of fuel source 30 minutes before the workout. But for me, especially at 34 years of age, my body, like I, I wake up earlier in order to get in the more complex car carbohydrates. So an hour later when I work out, I have I have 
plenty of like glute glycogen storage so that I can push heavier weights or that I can run faster. The quality of the food matters, especially with a pre-workout. And when you're going into like your post-workout, that also matters as well. Like you want to be getting in enough protein. I think that they say that 85% of Americans don't get in enough protein into their diet when literally every part of our body, our nails, skin, our muscles are actually all composed of protein. So looking into that it's protein, I always suggest to my clients is eat, if they're on a weight training or on some sort of activity to be getting in at least 0.88 grams per pound of body weight in terms of protein, if not pushing that to even one gram per pound. And that's some, something that is very research-based. Something to also think about is if you're somebody that making poor nutrition decisions in terms of weight loss, like you want to maintain a healthier weight so that you can span, increase the longevity of your athletic career, or even just live longer. Like you need to have a good baseline of your caloric maintenance. So basically the amount of food that you eat, you pretty much just stay exactly the same weight or no understanding, like having a better, higher level of what your body needs to be in a caloric deficit. Nutrition wise, I know that a lot of people say you can eat whatever you want, as long as it fits your macros. To some degree, that is important for just actually maintaining a healthier weight. But think about still like the types of foods that you're getting in to maintain a healthier cardiovascular system or maintain just a better hormonal balance. So all those things in terms of that, you need to think about the quality of the food you eat, plus having a really good understanding of what is the exact calories that I need to eat in order to lose 0.5 or one gram or one pound per week. Because if you don't have that understanding, and let's say you eat like Again, bag of Cheetos, right? Bag of Cheetos is like 510 calories. And it's just all carbohydrates, very little protein. So when you're eating that type of food, it's like that type of food is very salty. It's not very satiating. If anything, it just stimulates the brain with all the salt that it has. And it's not satiating. So after you eat those Cheetos, like you can just eat a, a bombardment of plenty of other foods and just always be in a caloric surplus. Before you know it, three to six months down the line, it's like you're 10 to 20 pounds heavier. You wonder like, why is this happening? Again, is because you need to pick the more satiating foods. You need to pick the higher quality foods. And again, like I said, you need to understand and have a better understanding of your caloric maintenance versus what you need for a caloric surplus, like gaining weight, if that was the goal, or even being in a caloric deficit, which is majority of people trying to lose weight and get into a healthier BMI level. Okay. So let's go dive into number two, which is not getting enough sleep. And this is something that I've said in my previous podcast about how I was, I prided myself on being a chronic insomniac. I think I, I thought like my genetics handled it. My mom and some other people, they would stay up till one in the morning, feel completely fine in the morning and just be able to run on fumes. So that was me back, back in the day. And when it caught up to me into like probably my mid twenties, uh, I realized that I was getting injured more often. I realized that just either studying or holding down a job, like sitting jobs, I would have more neck and back issues. And I thought, okay, is it my posture? Try to fix my posture, try to do a lot of squeeze, shoulder blades back, chin tucks. None of that really worked. And then I realized like diving more into the holistic things like, okay, I can try to fix my posture, really wasn't working well. I can try to eat a little bit better. Even that wasn't really helping some of my like neck and back issues. But when I got a lot of sleep and when I started to slowly make incremental changes, like it didn't happen overnight. So I didn't go from... Basically, I was surviving 25 years of my life on four to five hours of sleep. And now, like I get probably seven to eight hours. 
but it's not like I just jumped from four to eight hours. Like that would be too drastic of a jump. So what I did was like, I basically made incremental. Okay. If I wake up at seven in the morning, I'm going to try to get a half hour more of sleep. So I made little chunks, like little improvements and little amounts of like duration adding to that sleep. And how I did that was also, I basically, I shut down the social media quicker. I started to have better boundaries around stimulating my brain, like watching Netflix into the later hours of the day, which kind of tricks your brain into thinking that it's still daytime. And that's why sometimes it's hard to get better quality sleep or sometimes it's hard to fall asleep. So I started making stronger boundaries around that. I started to do brain dumping as well. Brain dumping is something that I heard from an entrepreneur, which is I think Craig Ballantyne. And he was actually saying that you should brain dump, which is if you are somebody that constantly has a lot of to-dos or things that you need to get done throughout the day, and you're like, okay, today's Tuesday, what am I going to get done Wednesday? So if you're that type of person where you're constantly planning the next day and you're just like, dude, I have 10 to 20 things to do, you're not going to get it all done, but you still try to cram it anyways. That type of thinking, especially when you're thinking about all those to-dos the next day, that keeps your brain stimulated. So what I've done is that I get a actual physical journal and I will get a notebook, uh, had some check boxes, and I'll write down and prioritize which things I'm going to get done. So one I prioritize, like if I put down 10 things on that list, I'm going to say, what are the two to three things that I need to get done um, in order to make the day feel that that much like satisfactory? The other six to seven things, if I get it done, that's all just icing on the cake. Brain dumping really helped because when I took all those different ideas that were swimming in my head or all those to-dos, I wasn't thinking about anything. My brain was pretty much, it felt very refreshed. It felt very empty towards the end of the day. And I was able to fall asleep faster. So that's just a little hack that I use, which is brain dumping and also prioritizing. And the last thing that I added into my nighttime routine was mobility. Research shows that like the more you move, especially when you do like mobility exercises that activates your parasympathetic nervous system, and you want to activate the rest and digest system so that you feel more calm and relaxed and less anxious and stressful as you go into your sleeping hour. So I know a lot of people, again, super anxious, their body is like, their back is really stiff. They're constantly thinking about the next things to do the next day. And that's a recipe for poor quality sleep and poor quantity of sleep. So like I said, two, not getting enough sleep. If you're, especially if you're 30 plus years of age, you need to start capitalizing on your sleep now. So it's not haunting you later on. All right. So let's go into number three, which is sitting way too much and moving way too little. So one of the easiest things you can just say or write down on a piece of paper is motion is lotion. It's that if we don't use our motion, if we don't move enough, we tend to lose it. So sitting jobs have very much changed. Everybody is working from home. I know some people are working from home and they're, let's say now, I know a lot of people are transitioning to going back to the office, but still transitioning back to the office either is either sitting on a bus or it's sitting in your car in traffic. And then when you get to the work, okay, you're sitting again in the front of a computer. So add up, like legit, add up the amount of hours that you're sitting. And that is all sedentary behavior right there. That's all just straight up sitting. Yes, you are mentally stimulating your body with like projects and to-dos, but still it's not actually moving your wrist, your elbow, your joints, your spine, right? Your body appreciates movement and you feel less fatigued and in less pain, the more that you move. So look at the ratio. I always said, imagine two kids on a seesaw, right? So one kid is activity, and then the other kid is inactivity, okay? So you wanna have a good balance where 
the seesaw is constantly moving and it's not just staying still, but imagine, imagine that majority of your weekdays, you add up the amount of hours that you're sitting and it's eight to nine hours. I bet you like add that up and add, add even like the time that you go home and you're either sitting at dinner, the dinner table, or you've been sitting in front of a, in front of the TV screen or even sitting or lying down in bed. Like, that's a lot of sitting. So imagine that seesaw again, where one kid is inactivity. So that kid is like a fat kid. That kid is like sitting for eight to 12 hours a day. And then the other kid, which is like, how much activity are you actually getting in? So you can include your walking or doing groceries or doing the laundry. Go ahead and add that stuff in and then add in your actual planned activity. And so which one is going to outweigh? Is it is there an actual balance or is the sitting actually outweighing <clears throat> is the sitting actually outweighing the other kid? And if you think about that, the more that you spend time sitting, you tend to lose your movement as you age. The quality of your life goes down because when you get to 60 or 70, it becomes harder to go up the stairs to do normal hiking activities. So when we start to lose some of those things that we take for granted, it's then you look back at like your thirties and you're like, I should have started then. Okay. And you don't want to have those types of regrets. So start now, wherever you are, whoever's watching this or listening to this podcast, it, whether you're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, it doesn't matter. You still always have time to change, right? So you might be in this phase right now where you're listening to this podcast and you're contemplating stage. That's called the pre-contemplation stage. But I encourage you right now that if you continue to sit and you're going to lose your mobility more and more the next five, 10 years of your life, how is that going to look? So I just want to say that find that balance, kind of balance out that seesaw of activity plus inactivity. And I think you'll be good to go. All right, let's go into number four, which is not getting outside enough. There is a plethora of research on why getting outside. For one, just in my own experience, when I first started my business in 2019, I started the Pain Free Academy, started my social media. I was just on the computer all day. There was a lot of stress because not making a lot of income. There was like, I didn't have a lot of re reputation. I didn't have a lot of credibility. So I was just building my business from the ground up, straight from the cement line. And that was very stressful. And because it was very stressful, I spent more time sitting in front of my computer, trying to think of ideas, trying to like just gain more clients, gain more reputability. And that was really messing up my mental health because I was depressed, I was anxious. I wasn't getting outside. I used to get outside way more with my wife. We'd go on hikes, but I was saying to my wife, like, I need to build this business. So she can she saw that I was like losing strength. I was losing weight. My skin was like, I was turning pale. It was a bad, it was, there, there was a bad phase in my life. But now, like I realized that was not smart at all. That getting outside has so much help for your mental and physical health. For one, it's greatly relaxing, right? It reduces cortisol. So it reduces your stress hormone. Three, it improves your sleep. The reason why it does that is because it converts, it basically secretes serotonin and serotonin gets converted into melatonin later so that when it's dark and when you're about to go to sleep, like you usually will have those days where like it's sunny outside. And then when you go to like, when you go back inside, you like, you feel immediately sleepy. There's a reason for that. Um, if you have high cholesterol, it converts your cholesterol into vitamin D. Okay. Vitamin D is important for your nervous system health and for maintaining good bone health. So there's a lot of, <laughs> so like in terms of preventing osteoporosis, preventing depression, you're talking about preventing overall stress is like the catalyst for almost all disease. You think about cancer and all those things. A lot of that is like a catalyst from cortisol secretions, getting out outside 
in my opinion, it's it's almost like an all preventative uh, type of measure where you can live longer. It prevents a, almost all diseases that can possibly kill you. And that that's huge, right? And I'm going to go into my fifth one pretty soon, which is also like an all catching, it prevents all diseases. But I just want to let you know, like getting outside, even for just 10 to 15 minutes, or even getting some indirect sunlight, maybe you're in a cubicle, maybe you need to like move your cubicle towards the window, maybe you need to open up your window and your blinds more often, even getting that indirect sunlight can be helpful. It's always better though, to like actually get outside, get your tennies on, and to actually go for a concerted 15 to 20 minute walk. All right, the last and final one, which is not following a progressive loading regimen. In a nutshell, it's not strength training enough. I find that when when there's a lot of my clients that come to me, like they, I don't know them, but then they come to me, they're like, Jay, I need your help. And they're like, dude, I've tried a number of things, chiropractors, massage, like nothing's really helping. I realized that one of the main themes that I noticed, like when I'm asking somebody about like their activity level, what they've tried, is that they're almost always lacking strength training. Like they they do not actually spend the time either in the gym or they haven't invested enough in their home gym that involves, that has weights, that has bands, that are things that can actually overload the muscular system. And if you think about it this way, all our systems talk to each other, right? Cardiovascular, hormonal, brain, muscular. Okay, everything talks to each other. So you realize that one of the biggest systems in our body is the musculoskeletal system. So think about your bones plus your ligaments plus your muscles. How much of that, how much weight is that, right? So when you're stimulating that system, it stimulates everything else. So it keeps your gut healthier. It keeps your brain healthier. It makes your heart pump harder, right? So once your heart stops, it's done. So it makes your heart work harder. And guess what? There's actual muscle. There's autonomic muscle in the heart itself. There's something that actually has to make the heart pump, which is the myocardium, right? So think about it that way in terms of that is super important for you to actually like strengthen your body. And some people also, they go through the motions, they go to the gym, let's say two to three days a week, but they're also not progressing. So they're not increasing the intensity of the workout, the how much weight they're doing. And I think that's also a huge mistake is some people that say, I'm just going to do the same 10 pound weights for the rest of my life. Think about it that way. You do the same 10 pound weights the rest of your life, even if you're 30 and you go up to even 70, if you're doing the same exact 10 pound weights the rest of your life, you're going to decline. We know that we lose muscle, we lose strength and power as we age. So if you're progressing your strength and you're getting your strength to as high as you can in your younger years, you're going to have a much farther, you're going to have a much lesser decline. The decline is going to be stunted, right? You're going to have a much steeper decline towards disability if you stick with the same weights, right? So again, number five is super important. And like I've said before, is like strength training like literally steer, steers away all cause mortality. So that means that anything and everything that can kill you is dampered with strength training, okay? So just to recap, number one, making poor nutrition decisions. Number two, not getting enough sleep. Number three, sitting way too much and moving way too little. Number four is not getting enough, not getting outside enough. And lastly, number five is not strength training or not being on a progressive loading regimen, okay? So that's what I got for you guys today. If you enjoyed this episode, definitely hit that subscribe or follow button. I release new episodes every morning on Wednesdays. And I love if you can leave a rating in your podcast, whether you're using iTunes or Spotify. I know a lot of you guys listen to me there. So there is an option where if you can leave a five-star rating, especially if you're enjoying and getting a lot of value from this, 
that would be so helpful because that will kind of fulfill my mission to help more people. It will push it out to more people that don't know about this podcast. So you'd be a really huge part in growing this podcast as well. If there's any feedback or future content that you want to put out here, definitely send me a quick text to 415-965-6580 or email me at jason at flexdoctor.com. And like I said, we're also in the mission of helping people personally. So the way that we help people the most personally is through our coaching program, the Pain-Free Academy. So if you're interested in getting back to a pain-free life, a more active life, getting stronger and more resilient as you age, they're in the description section right now. You can book a call with our team for free and we can give you a more personalized plan and help you directly. And again, I'll leave you always with these last words of advice. We only have one body, one life. Make every action you take be one that makes you a better version of you. Take care.